Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. I spent a lot of time today, like, on eBay, looking at action figures. So I think I'm taking a page out of your book, and I'm getting a little bit addicted to, <laughs> to figurines. I love it. Love it. Uh, mostly horror ones, though. Um, I'm, I'm on the hunt for some, I guess, custom ones, because I can't find any figures of like final girls or anything like that but um i did get a laurie strobe from the new halloween movie and i got a kill bill from volume two and those are getting those are pretty pricey um but i found one at a really really good deal i'm kind of addicted now yeah i have um her and her yellow suit and the one that you got of her bloodied with the um plaid yeah and i was so mad i had a go-go but she fell off my shelf and her head and arm both snapped off when she fell off my shelf um, and now she's, like, pretty expensive. I'm, I'm always, like, I'm going to buy her eventually, but... Yeah. I have the yellow one somewhere, the, the Uma Thurman from Volume 1. She's somewhere in my garage, but I know that go-go. I don't have that one anymore because um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I buried her, and I don't believe I ever, <laughs> ever dug her back up. So Wait, you literally meant you... you so oh, I buried her. Re- I put her in a pencil box, and I put her beneath the ground. Zachary said that before recording, but I thought you just meant like, no, oh, she, I broke her, I no, broke her, threw it away. She died. She died, Ian. And she had a funeral, and I made all of my friends attend it. <laughs> so she's she's dead, dead. But no, so they don't do final girls, though. Like, um, I, I, I don't know. I was looking for maybe like a 1978 Laurie Strode. I couldn't find anything of that. I think they're about to release Halloween 2 Laurie Strode, so I really want that one. Um, oh, really? Yeah, they have a... I think they're going to release it at the beginning of October, so I'm super stoked about that. But is it, like, the weird... So, the horror, the horror figures are, like, a whole other realm to me, because, like, I, I've, like, I know of them just because I always, like, look at action figure stuff, and because I do the... Yeah. <laughs> I'm exposing myself here, but I do a lot of, like, custom figures. Uh, he does, and, I'll and they're look, really good. Oh, medium. <laughs> um, but I'll look for, like actors that look like other actors so like to use their faces or like hair that i like because i'm really bad at sculpting and i'm really bad at painting faces yeah um i can do like a little bit of makeup or whatever but nothing else um so i've looked and like the neca puts out really good like they put out that really good laurie strode from the last halloween Mm -hmm. but they also put out weird like eight inch action figures that have like cloth clothes yeah. I, I don't say so i'm not a big fan of the cloth clothes because they just don't yeah, fit either. the figures very well um, yeah they always look weird it so, always looks like yeah the halloween 2 <laughs> one of laurie strode is gonna have like a cloth hospital gown so i think when i get it i'm probably just gonna tighten the hospital gown just a little bit so that it, it fits like a hospital gown because right now in the pictures it looks like a big like pastry so right, yeah. uh, just got a <laughs> little corrections here and there but they need to put it out in 1978 Laurie Strode. I heard that, um, I did a little digging and I heard that they don't have so many like final girls and scream queens and like characters from horror movies because they're really hard to get the rights to. Um, like people won't give up their rights to their likenesses, but like, I don't know, like a figure like Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger, it's a lot easier to create those because it's easier to get those rights. We're doing Scream 3 today. We're going to be recording Scream 3 and you know what would be nice to have on my bookshelf? A Sidney Prescott, but you know, (laughs) <laughs> they haven't made. I those. would want a Gale Weathers. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they need. Well, they need a three pack. Is what they need. They should do a three pack, and then another separate one of Ghostface. I'm pretty sure they have Ghostface. I think I saw that. They at have Target. like ten different Ghostface yeah. figures. Yeah. Where the fuck is and Dewey, like, Gale, and Sydney? Hmm. Uh, hmm. I would 
kill for a Dewey Gale and Sydney three pack. Ugh. Yeah. That I would pay a lot of money for. I would too. But yes. And I would want but I, I would want what would you want? Now I'm like, hmm. I would so I, I, I would I love Gail in her green Versace suit. We've already talked about that, you know, umpteenth times. But I would want that, but I would also want the three pack to be at the end of the movie. You know how exactly how they looked at the end of the movie because Sydney at the end of the first movie looked really, really good. She had the disheveled hair, the blood on the side of the face, and you know, the jean jacket. I see, but for me, I think of Sydney's like biggest I mean we've said this mm-hmm. said this during Scream Two. I think of her like hair in Scream Two and Three as the more iconic. Yeah. Like that's what I think of as Sydney's hair. Mm-hmm. So I would kind of want her to like I kind of like her outfit at the end of this movie. Not that it's, like, so standout, but it's very Sydney yeah. to me. She's wearing, like, that brown jacket and the hoodie and has her, like, cute black hair. But, yeah, I think maybe the best would be, like, if we're going to do a three-pack, it's got to be the same movie. Yeah. It can't be, well, like, definitely. Um, so I guess we different would outfits to... from different and, movies. Uh, I'm not too impressed by Gail's outfit at the end of this one. Um, what was her outfit? Yeah. I, I didn't mind her outfit at the end of the second one, though. So maybe that one. Maybe we could do that. Maybe one day, though. Let's hope. Let's... Fucking hope. <laughs> um, today, y'all, we are going to be covering Scream 3. Overall thoughts, what would you think of Scream 3? I mean, I liked it. You know what? I I, I know you're getting a little, like, exhausted by the series, but I feel like... <laughs> I feel the opposite. I feel like I'm like, hmm, I've enjoyed 2 and 3 more than I recall enjoying them. Yeah. I enjoyed 3 more than I recalled it. But, I, you know, okay, so I've always been a fan of Scream 3, Um much to other people's dismay, but I've always been a fan of like the Hollywood aspect of Scream 3, and I've always defended that movie, and I actually like it a lot more than the second one. When we were watching it today, I wasn't as bored as I was watching the second one yesterday, so. All right. I, I mean, I mean, I feel like almost every year on Twitter, the like, what's your Scream ranking goes around, and I would always put Scream 2 last. Um it doesn't mean I hate it. It just, for me, it's like usually one, four, three, two. Yeah. But now I might say like two and three are kind of like, I think they both hit a slow point um, more than one or four do. Um, I don't think the openings, I mean, it, the one has the best opening. It just, I think it's impossible to recapture that because yeah. it's also shocking. Um, yeah. But I, I think like two and three both like have their faults, but I still enjoy them overall. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So this one came out in 2000, though. So the first two came out one year after the other. This movie came out in 2000, like two-ish years right after the second one. Uh, I like that they gave a little bit of time there. Um, and made, uh, I'm pretty sure it made a decent amount of money. I think it only made like 10-ish million under the second one. Which, $160 million, that's pretty good. See... I think my biggest fault is that the cast is a little boring in this one. Oh, it's much better than the second one, I think. I don't know. You don't think so? Okay. I, so yeah. I, my issue with a lot of these movies, and I mean, they do this in Scream 4 kind of too. Yeah. I don't like, they add so many characters that you don't care about just to die. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, like you know, um, I mean, I, I would have loved Randy to be in the series, but his death, at least he's like, He's a character we care about, right? Yeah. Even if he's not, like, our favorite character, we still care about him. He survived the first movie. He's a character we know, we spent time with. So, like, when he dies, it's like, ah, shit. Like, yeah. uh, I liked him. Um, And I don't know that there are that many other characters 
in Scream 2, aside from, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and that's just because of her acting. Yeah, um, that's because that of Sarah it, Michelle Gellar. Right. Um, and in Scream 3, there's just, like, it feels like we have so many more people like that, where it's like, I just don't care yeah. when the character... Like, Cotton Weary, I think... I think Cotton Weary's death is good only because he's an established character, and, mm-hmm. like, once you open on him, you're like, oh, he's gonna die. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, at that point, you're like, fuck, he's gonna die, this established character, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that, like, you know, you care a little bit. I mean, you don't care. It's not like what it's, you know, it's not, you're not, like, devastated. Yeah. But it's still a character you know, and I, I feel like all the actors they add aren't, the only character I cared about was Parker Posey's character. Yeah, okay, so let's get into Scream 3. We open with Cotton Weary, as we've said. By the way, again, spoiler warning, if you haven't seen Scream 3 by now, sucks for you, but there are spoilers in all of these episodes. So we open with Cotton Weary. He's stuck in traffic. He gets a call from some woman with a sexy voice, sexy enough to make him, you know, flirt with her a little bit. She's like, oh, you sound like Cotton Weary. He's like, I am Cotton Weary. <laughs> like, and then it's like we get like him being like oh i don't have a girlfriend but he does he does she's he at does. home in the shower and she's about to get kelly rutherford is there <laughs> pay attention to her pay attention to her what so one thing that didn't work for me here um because obviously him and his girlfriend are the opening kill that's right. their whole scene uh, but we didn't really get a sense of their relationship at all i guess we get a sense of like he's you know not entirely committed because he's so easily able to flirt with a stranger over the phone um, but I don't know. I feel like maybe a conversation with them over the phone, like, uh, maybe a little bit of a longer one or something, something to give us a sort of hint at the dynamic of their relationship. Because when we, sh- when we see her just in the shower and she's walking around, I don't, I don't give a shit what she does. You know, I don't really care. I care about Cotton Weary because he, like you said, is an established character and we've seen him in the series before. Um, and we know yeah. his story. I feel like Kelly Rutherford is, um, more just like she's there to die there's not like yeah. she it's almost like drew barrymore's boyfriend in the first one mm-hmm. right like we care because she's upset not because it's like we cared about this character it's yeah. like oh shit like their partner just got murdered and that's upsetting for this character that we're spending time with yeah i mean they could have what they could have done is like i mean it could have been a, a tactic to mislead the audience is that maybe she gets killed and that you know sets cotton off on a uh, a mission to like, like get everybody back together and figure out what's going on or something. I don't know. It could look right. like misled everybody. I think it would have been really cool if we cut out him in the car talking to whoever. And then that voice eventually is like revealed to be Ghostface, whoever he's talking to. Um, and we just get her, we see her around the house, she gets in, in and out of the shower. She comes out, starts getting dressed. Um, and when she's attacked and then we hear Cotton's voice on the other side of the door, maybe we're like, is that, is that Cotton Weary's voice? And, like, that's... We don't even really see him. And then we get him coming in or something like that. Maybe he's arrested. I don't know. I'm thinking way too far into this. I just... I love when you give your rewrites. little... Uh, <laughs> that's what this podcast should be, is just the rewrites. <laughs> but, I don't know. Like, I see... I, when I watch scenes like this, I see so much potential. And I'm just kind of let down by the way they play out. Because I like Cotton Weary. I like that he's not a perfect character. And that, yeah. you know, he, he has such a complicated history with Sydney. I made that in the second movie, their relationship was so good because, you know, there's, it, it's so right. awkward and she literally sent him to jail for a year. She did. So, um, I don't know. So while she, the, the thing that like jolts her 
is that music starts playing. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I'm going to expose you here, Zachary. She made me doubt our friendship. Ugh, go for it. Zach said, oh, I love Creed. I do love Creed. And I Creed. was like, love me some Creed. what? Mm. What would you just if say? I, if I pulled my phone up right now, I've got two of their albums in full on my Apple Music playlists. So. <laughs> God, you really are. With arms wide open. The Catholic school I went to for two years, Creed was very big with oh, a lot really? of people there. I bet, I bet, yeah. yeah. So we've got Creed playing in the opening, so it's big A-plus for me. So also the thing we got to point out is that when it's Cotton's voice, I hate that. I hate it. Oh, I, I hate just, this whole plot device, too. Yeah. Because it's like, it borders on sci-fi, because, like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, right? Like, you can't just, like, oh, I'm going to make it sound like this mm-hmm. person. Sure. Like, that's not how that works. It isn't. And we don't even have that now. You don't see that popping up in movies now or anything like that. Because it thing. doesn't work. It's not a thing. You know? Um... Although someone will reply to this with a link to like somebody's going to prove us wrong. Somebody's so just fucking save it save it but like i just i I remember even watching this i just didn't like that because it just and the way they're just like oh at the end it's just like you know they find the thing and like this is how we did Mm. it okay i guess it's adding something new to the ghost face thing but i mean the the reason that ghost face's voice works as the same voice in every movie is because it's a single voice changer it's just a voice changer you can pick up at a drugstore or something like that um and now and all of a sudden really there's like there's that, a bunch like, of different voices, but there's only like if you look at it there's only like five or six buttons of voices that they could use. So how are there this many voices that they're able to use? You know how the fuck did they get Maureen how, Prescott's voice yes. on a voice changer? She died fucking two thousand or nineteen ninety five. She died so long ago. <laughs> how could he possibly be able to be like, oh, this dead person replicate their voice like? I can maybe suspend my disbelief to be like, well, Cotton Weary had a talk show, so he could like, you know, somehow do the voice. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe Ghostface was. Uh, I mean, we find out Ghostface was around for a lot longer than just this movie. Right. So maybe he's going up to Billy Loomis, you know, and Scream One, saying, "Hey, just real quick, say whore mother into this this little recording device." <laughs> By the way, Scream Three is Scream Three: The Ballad of Sydney's Whore Mother. That is what this movie yeah, is. That- the whole movie is just like, Sydney, your mom had sex. But you know what? I'm a, I'm glad that they did give her mother a little bit more sympathy in this one, you know? We don't just scream whore mother the entire movie. Um, we get a little more backstory to that. So I mean, they kind of do. Yeah. I mean, they do, of course, but we get more sympathy <laughs> with her. Um, so, uh, Cotton comes home. He, he hears that ghost face is at his house. Um, watching his girlfriend. Ghostface attacks his girlfriend. He goes home. His girlfriend thinks that it was him under the Ghostface mask, and so when he gets into the office, she attacks him with a golf club, doesn't even see Ghostface coming up behind her, and kills her. Then he kills Cotton. He's got a little voice changer thing that makes him whoever the book he wants to be, and then we get Scream 3. We open on the production of Step. Wait, no. Yeah, my notes say we are not at stab three yet. Sydney is in solitude. Nope. She's living yeah. a life in solitude. We, so we open on so. Watching these all together, I have to say, I think I said this when we were watching it. Cotton's death feels way more impactful watching all yeah. these movies, like in the same week. It's like, oh shit, this poor guy. Yeah. Like he went to jail for a year for something he didn't do, mm-hmm. and then he gets fucking murdered because of like being wrapped up in this like 
thing that he had nothing to do it's with. It's really like they're they're why did he go after Cotton? I don't did we get an answer there or was it just bringing back Cotton had sex with his whore mother. Okay. Well, <laughs> so there's not really a point in Cotton's death, I guess. Um, but we do get Sydney's life in solitude. We get a little taste of how she's been living her life ever since the last movie. I really enjoy this. Um, I, I enjoy yeah. the character development for her, and she's she does not leave the house. She goes on a walk, maybe, with her dog, but she's her house is literally out in the middle of nowhere, her dad brings her her groceries. You know, she's not going anywhere. She works from home. She was ahead of all of us. You know, she was staying home before it was cool to stay home. <laughs> so we need to give Sydney the props where they're due. Um, I completely forgot her dad was even in this movie until I saw him. I appreciate that he's in it but doesn't die because I feel like it's weird that he's in it for yeah. like, because he's not in Stream 2 at all, no. right? Nope. He's still in that closet from the first movie. So everybody likes to talk about Sydney's mother being a whore and sleeping around, but did anybody ever question whether Sydney's dad is gay? Because I think he is. I think Sydney's got a gay dad, and that is okay. And you know what he's been doing for all these movies? He has moved his lover into his house, and they are living a happy life together. This is a very. It's my, it's my rewrite. This is my rewrite for Scream Three. <laughs> Was everything gotta be gay? <laughs> So then we get to Gail giving a speech at a college, yeah. and her bangs are horrendous. Mm, the real, the villain um, of, of Scream Three is whoever cut oof, her bangs. Ooh, the baby mm. bangs, ooh, rough. So she talks to uh, Patrick, Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey, Doctor Doctor yes, Dreamy. Dempsey. Is it Mick Dreamy? Like Doctor like, Mick Which Dreamy? Doctor yeah. is he? It's Mick Dreamy, Mick Steamy, Mick Creamy. I don't know. A little bit of a little bit of all of them. Um, but I she gives the line. So he like tells her Cotton's been murdered. Blah blah blah, and she delivers the line. I swear my Pulitzer Prize. I plan to win one day, and I just think that's a good <laughs> she's, line. She's got. It's also such a Gale she's line. Just, we need a coffee table book full of Gale one-liners, and then uh, Patrick Dempsey shows her the very first picture we get of Maureen Prescott, a young Maureen Prescott, because this is setting up our entire story. And one thing I do really appreciate about this movie compared to the last one, and this is just a whole episode of us or me bashing on Scream 2. You, yeah. <laughs> but no, I appreciate that with this movie, they did try to create a whole new story yeah. that we could follow. It wasn't a rehash of the first movie. You know, they tried to do something different here. And then we are at Sunrise Studios. Stab 3 is in production, and I am all about this. I love the movie within a movie. I'm, like, obsessed with it. I would have loved to see Stab 2. <laughs> I love it, too. I I do. I just wish any of those actors were dynamic. I don't think any of those characters, like, one, none of them matter. Well, the one sitting there. We do get Parker Posey, but she's not there with everyone sitting on yeah. that porch. I don't know that any of the actors had, they didn't give them a lot yeah. to do, but none of them are. I mean, Parker Posey is, like, so dynamic immediately. She's, like, a cartoon version yeah. of Gale. Um, and that works. I mean, it's not like she's like a good person. She's kind of a jerk and a dummy, but like, yeah. I love her. Uh, but I, th my issue is none of these actors feel like, Murr. um, and so wait, so I'm going to try to explain to you my issue and see if okay. you get it. So the set they're on 
is screen. Oh gosh, here we fucking go again. Y'all are going. I hope <laughs> somebody in here can explain this to me. Go ahead and what do you, you got to uh, say? <laughs> the set that they are on is a is a recreation of Scream One. Yes. Correct. What number stab movie are they filming? Three. And we saw in Scream Two that they already did Scream One in Stab One. Yes. So that's where my confusion lies, is why are we redoing everything that happened in the first movie if we already saw Tori okay. Spelling doing everything Now I understand. Okay. We did, this was a 10-minute conversation this. that we had, him trying to explain <laughs> to me what he was saying. Um, my answer to that is that this is just a shitty sequel, and they've decided to jam a lot of flashback scenes into... Stab three because the storyline is probably not very good. And I mean, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Stab three is not based on anything, right? At this point, no, because mm. Scream three is happening while Stab three is happening. Um, yes. But that being said, that's the only thing that bothers me. I do love it. I love that the actor playing Sydney says, "I'm starting to see why David Schwimmer and Tori Spelling didn't come back for Stab 3." Like I really like that which I put in my notes, "Please, please, please bring them back. Bring both of them because that's the second time they've mentioned David Schwimmer yeah. in the series, but he's not in it." I think in this one they have um I think they make it very clear that they uh made Desmond Richmond's character supposed to be the Randy Standen because his name is Ricky in this he's playing ricky in step three yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. we've got jenny mccarthy we've got Dan, uh, desmond richmond and we've got oh no why am i saying desmond richmond dion richmond well and jenny mccarthy as we both realize is definitely like an homage to sarah michelle geller because she's wearing the same color scheme and her yeah. name is sarah um and i feel, I feel like, like yeah yeah with this with these movies we always have the the characters that go back to Casey, right? So Sarah Michelle Gellar was Cece, who also reflected Casey from the first movie, and then this one's reflecting both of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, right... So then Gail walks on set. Then we get Parker Posey, who walks right up to her, and they immediately... Those two actors, I feel like, must have had a lot of fun working together because they have... They, they're so good back and forth. Like, Gail... Immediately, Chance Dale hates her immediately. <laughs> and Parker Posey's character is just like, oh, my God, I'm such a fan. Oh, you didn't answer your calls when I called you. But blah, 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 blah. It's so nice to meet you. And it's just like a mile a minute, like blasting yeah. off. And Gail is like, get the fuck away from me. And then Parker Posey goes into cool kid mode. And she's like, you know, shaking her hair off and stuff like that. And then we see Dewey. Dewey is working on this movie. Which is so weird to me because this he hated the book so much, right? So why is he working on Stab 3? Is this where, you know, is this a last resort job or what? Um, and especially because it's so close to home for him. Like his sister died and there's a set of his sister's murder just right murder, over there yeah. and he's working on it. Like it's so weird to me. It's so bizarre. I don't know. I, I wish they would have had, like, some kind of mention of that. They didn't, and, and, and they don't usually, like, I don't know. I, I, I would like more mentions of, of past victims. Um, I did think it was a, a really nice touch when we see Sid a little later. And we might have already seen her with the necklace, but she was wearing Jerry O'Connell's necklace from Stab 2. Um, or Scream 2. Oh, we're going to get so confused now. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned that Dewey is now Jennifer, a.k.a. Parker Posey's... Uh, new 
security, along with Patrick Warburton, who I thought was in Stream 2, but is in Stream 3. Mm-hmm. And Gail gets a little jealous, right? We learn that they had dated, but then broke up. Yeah, because so we've, between... got a, we've got a few years between movies here. Yeah. So we've got history. I don't love jealousy on Gail, but I get it. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I don't know. I think she's pretty badass in this movie overall, though, so I can forgive it, you know? Yeah, she is. I think I, I think she's... I think Gail is the most... Actually, the most fully formed in the last two movies. I think so. Like, the most, like, confident... In Stream 1, she's great. In Stream 2, she's great, too. But I, I feel like we're still getting a bearing mm-hmm. on, like, Gail. She's still, like, a little bit more of, like, oh, this horror movie setting's happening. By, yeah. like, 3, she's like, oh, this shit's happening. Let's do something. And four, she's like telling people to fuck off left and right. <laughs> so then we get Jenny McCarthy yeah. going to the studio. I didn't remember this scene Roman. happening as fast as it did in the movie. She dies yes. pretty early. Yeah, I kind of, in my head, it was more yeah. of like a halfway point death. But yeah, I think at this point it's like 20, 30 minutes yeah. in, right? Yeah, it's um, not, not four. I also remembered it as being a cooler scene. I mean, they definitely tried to make it so I'm trying to think of in the first one. So in the second one, we have Sarah Michelle Gellar. I feel like this is, pacing-wise, this is the death scene where Sarah Michelle Gellar's Probably. And she looks too. like Sarah Michelle Gellar here, too. She's dressed and her hair's well, done pretty similarly, also. Low rent, She's but yes. candy. She, Jenny McCarthy's <laughs> playing candy in this movie. Um, But, like, I feel like they like to have that yeah. scene. Um, I think in four, it would probably be their, like, friend that's their neighbor dying. Arguably, I guess. Later, Ar- yeah, I, I can. I could see it. Um, I think. But so we get this scene. I, I. It's not that great. I mean, it's a. It's pretty lackluster. I think. It. Because Jenny McCarthy at the time, I think this was more peak of her fame, yeah. but she was more of like a host, not like she was a, a personality actor. celebrity. Yeah. But so like Sarah Michelle Gellar in a scene like this, yeah, we enjoy it. She brings a lot, or she's a really good actor, but. I don't know that Jenny McCarthy brings it. It's just yeah, like... She doesn't bring a whole lot, and I feel like they kind of just put her in the movie and paid her and had her killed off so they didn't have to pay her too much for this movie. Because I, I bet she, you know, she probably wasn't charging, you know, Brad Pitt money, but she was probably making right, a good bit off of this. I'm sure more than the other people who are playing the Most actors that weren't Parker Posey. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember it being cooler. It's not that cool. She kind of... I, I mean, I think it's a good bit mm-hmm. of her lifting up the props and hitting yeah. him, and it's like, shit, none of this works. That's a good bit. Jenny McCarthy dies really fucking early, and then we jump over to Dewey and Gail having a nice lunch together, and they're talking about all of their history in the past few years. Um, so Dewey, <laughs> he gets stabbed in the back in every, like every fucking movie, and so... Uh, after the last movie, Gail followed him back to Woodsboro. She took care of him. She was there for a little bit, and she just went kind of stir crazy, and she wanted to leave. And he is in this scene, like, putting her down for having dreams. It feels like, like, we meet Gail in the first movie, and she is a... She is she's who like she is. A, she's fully yeah, formed. She's a, she's a, celebrity, uh, a celebrity reporter who wants to be at, like, Barbara Walters, Diane Sawyer status. Like, that is her goal. She wants to she wants to get up there, and he's like, well, what's wrong with being Gail Weathers? Like, shut the fuck up, Dewey. Like, what are you doing? You're working on a Stab 3 movie. Let's, let's... <laughs> well, why aren't you back in Woodsboro, Dewey? Hmm? So then he gets a uh, call. Okay, yeah. We'll get off that road for a little bit. Mm. 
I'm keeping this moving. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a call. He has to go back to uh, Parker Posey's place. Um, Zachary said she got her Buffy pants on because then we see Ooh, Gail snooping because yeah. she followed him. And she's got her, like, red leather Buffy mm-hmm. pants on. And here, like, we see Parker Posey in her most Fiona from Josie and the Pussycats moment. Like, this this character has followed her now into, uh, into Scream 3. Which one was released first? I think it might have been what, this. Uh, I don't know, but you see her and she's got the cigarette. And she's making all the Fiona movements and I'm, it's perfect. Which is kind of the same character she also played in the show High Fidelity, which I love, the Hulu show. She has, like, a two-episode arc and she's basically, like... A crazed, like, rich housewife who, like, smokes cigarettes. I'm all about it. I <laughs> but I love, love it. it. And she's, yeah. like, she's a mess. And she's, like, everybody's dying. Have you heard she, uh, uh, whoever the fuck Jenny McCarthy's supposed to be? And Jenny McCarthy's dead. And she's, like, and they're, like, and Gail's, like, well, you know, who dies next in the script? Um, and Parker Post is, like, <laughs> you. <laughs> and Gail gets and I love so that. Mad. I love that Gail gets pissed that her character is killed, and then right after that, Parker Posey jumps into Patrick Warburton's yeah, arms and makes him carry so her. Good. It's, it's just, just so Parker upset. Posey goodness. I'm all about it. So Sydney finally gets a call from Ghostface, and this is Ghostface actually calling her now. So you know her life in solitude, in hiding, has been she's been found. So she's got to go. Um, we jump to a party at Parker Posey's house, Jennifer's house, and all of the cast are there except for Dion Richmond. For some fucking reason, he's not there. <laughs> the power gets shut off. So they all... Yeah. Or Patrick Warburton dies. That's what we see. Patrick Warburton, he's like bloody. Dewey's like, we gotta stay in the house. Lock the doors. And then the oh, power goes such out. Such a great like, scene. This is, Everyone this is, get out. This has got to be like my favorite scene of the movie. Is, um, and we hear a ringing. And all... Like, it's so good because it's so silly. Yeah. But it's so good. They're all like, is it my phone? Is it my... And they're all checking their cell phones. <laughs> And then, like, the twist is it's not anyone's cell phone. It's the fax machine. It's the fax machine because who still uses a fax? Actually, like, everybody, you know, any job you go for, they still require a fucking fax, which is so weird. I mean, back then, yeah, not anymore, though, right? No, they still do. You go on Twitter and there's people bitching that I have to fax something? If I take a high-quality photo, that that is a fax. (laughs) God, when I worked my last – the last office job I worked at – at the school I graduated from, I remember my boss was like, oh, can you send a couple of faxes over? And I was like – I don't know how to do that. I don't, I don't like, even Are know you how serious? To do that. I don't even know if I have a fax machine. How am I supposed to do this? Uh, good tip. If anybody asks y'all to send over a fax, the library will do it for you. Libraries are great for everything. Keep libraries funded. We've got all these actors in this house. Um, and they're running inside and outside, inside and outside, because they don't know where the killer is, what, what's going on, and they've got these pages of a script being being faxed over, and so they're trying to read it in the dark because the house is completely re-written. dark, yeah. And everybody wants to know what it, is, what it says, what does it say, because it's page by page, and it's basically the script is telling them what they're doing at the moment, you know. Um, and then, I don't even know who, what the actor's name is, the guy who's playing Dewey. He He's hot, but yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hot guy. He says... Um, the killer will something to whoever smells, or the killer will grant mercy to whoever smells the gas. And he reads out, smells the gas, and the house blows up. They all jump over the fence, fall down a canyon. It's ridiculous. I love it. I am all about it. Get, put I that action scene in there. I literally, my notes say, this is so ridiculous, but I'm not <laughs> not into it. Because I'm not. Yeah. I love, like, it's so stupid that they're rolling down this fucking, like, yeah. it doesn't feel quite Scream-esque that a house blows up. Yeah. And then they're rolling down a hill, but I love it. In this movie, we're jumping between Scream 3, The Ballad of 
Maureen Prescott and Scream Three Die Hard. You know, yeah. like it's it's <laughs> we're, not, we're we're playing with a little bit of everything in Hollywood, and so yeah, I mean, Ghostface shows up, and like there's a little bit of a scuffle. Um, he Do gets we shoot shot. Him and then he immediately Dewey disappears. Fucking like yeah, Dewey's like the biggest doofus in this damn movie. I'm I'm not a fan of Dewey in this movie. I don't think. They gave him. Oh, much you're to suddenly do. you suddenly don't like your boyfriend. Oh, mm, no, you know I've got I've got other boyfriends in this one. <laughs> <laughs> so then Parker Posey and uh, Jennifer and Gail have a fight, which I they love. do. We've so, got to have a Gail punch in every movie, right? Ooh, and so Jennifer punches Dewey because mm. she's like, "You're supposed to be protecting me," and then Gail punches mm. her, and Parker Posey's delivery and like weirdness, she like turns around and like rubs her face and is like my lawyer loved that you gotta say it like her too you gotta say it like my lawyer liked that (laughs) (laughs) it's so ridiculous it's nice but you know what i feel a little bit bad for jennifer in this movie nobody really checks on her she's lost everything she's lost her whole house is blown up she doesn't have a have a, a bodyguard anymore dewey's you know checked out and gone with gail again it's awful but we get Sid. She finally joins the gang again. They're we bring all in the Sydney station. back into the fold, all in the police station. And Sydney and Gail, like, it's a really awkward greeting, you know? It's much better than Love Scream it. 2. But it's right, just, yes. they are very awkward together. Uh, and this makes more sense, though. This, yeah. is like, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what I wanted in Scream 2, because it's like, it makes sense that they're yeah. like, okay, we are cool. I don't, we don't like each other that much, but we are cool because we've been bonded over all this shit. Yeah. And, like, the acting they're doing is, like, good because they're both like, eh, meh, all yeah. right, yeah, we'll hug. <laughs> Rewatching all of these, like, back to back, it does kind of make me realize, though, that they're not, realistically, all these three, all three of these characters are not as close as, like, right. we think they are in our heads. Like, when we talk about, you know, how these action figures being made, we want a three pack because it's the three. Um, but they're really not that close. Like, it's like they Dewey, don't it's hang like Dewey out and together. Gale and then Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even Sydney and Dewey, like, you would think that they would have they're, a closer, closer bond they are closer but still not like you know they're not going over to sydney's house um, so sydney also has a good line when he's like what happened when the killer called you and she said oh the usual small talk how you been how you want to die <laughs> <laughs> and then they all go to sunrise studios again and we get randy's sister who's got a tape to deliver to everybody i didn't know randy even had a fucking sister but it's heather moderato and i love her i'm a huge fan of heather wait really yes have you ever seen welcome to the dollhouse Yes, I mm. love that movie. Wait, so I have a Heather okay. Matarazzo story from when I lived in New York. She complimented my sneakers Ooh. once. In the subway, we were, like, walking by each other, and it was when I had my bright silver high tops, which I loved. <laughs> and she pulled out her headphone and went, oh, I really like your sneakers. And I was like, thanks. And I knew who I liked her. She's very distinct looking. Yeah. But I was like, don't say thanks, Heather Matarazzo. And I was just like, thank you. <laughs> I fucking love her. Yeah, but she's she's here. She's Randy's sister. She's 17. Uh, she's got a tape to deliver to all of them. I don't know why she's delivering it now after all these years. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dumb, this is like a dumb. It's scene. just the way to bring Randy back, I guess. I, I think his, his logic here on sequels and ending a trilogy is a lot better than his logic was in Scream 2, though. Um, he, he's, yeah. got, he's got better things to say here, um, especially the point being that Sydney's not safe anymore, you know? And that's really like kind of a punch to the gut. Like, you really realize it, yeah. you know? She could die in this movie. We know she's not going to, yeah. but she could. Right. Um, so then we get, which I do love, that like Parker Posey's character, Jennifer, after this, is like immediately on board with helping Gail do research. Oh, yeah. We've got the two Gails now. 
the, I love, the two gales, I, I have that. in my notes, the two gales are on the case. And you know what? I want a whole series of chiclet novels about this. Like penguin, <laughs> little, like 100 page novellas. I want that. So they, this scene is so insane. So they go investigating. They go to like, I don't even know what it's, where they're going, right? It's something like the files from the studio. Well, no, it's, a, it's the archive. Um, so they've, it's just an archive of like, Every record they have of, you know, all their actors and all their sets and props and everything. Point of this is Carrie Fisher plays a character who is supposed to look like Carrie Fisher, which is so chaotic. The energy that this scene has because they reference that she looks like Carrie Fisher and I don't understand. It's so good, though. Carrie Fisher lookalike, who is not Carrie Fisher, but also is played by Carrie Fisher, is the gatekeeper for this archive. And... The two gales are on the case. They get into the archive. They get a, a file of Maureen Prescott. I don't even remember what her stage name was, so we're just going to keep calling her Maureen Prescott. Um, and they find out she's in a whole bunch of movies for the studio, like in, within like a two-year period. But they were all like B-list yeah, movies. Yeah, they were like B-list, B-list horror movies. Like I think one was called, I don't know, Space Psycho. So those kinds of movies, but I mean, it proves that she was an actress here. And then we've got Sydney. She walks out of the bathroom onto oh, a set. So of... good. So I know I said that that might be my favorite scene earlier, but this is my favorite scene of the movie. This one right here. <laughs> this is so nice and poetic. And you, if you look at it, it's all three screen movies like meeting. So she's got the uh, she's got the necklace from Scream Two. They're on a set that looks like the sets from Scream One, and you know they're on they're in the soundstage, which is Scream Three. So it is really nice, and I feel like Sydney, like obviously she's dealing with her trauma day to day. She's living in solitude, and I feel like all of that is in her head, and now it's like realized. And when she walks through the front door of that farmhouse set, it's just it like chills all over my body. You know, this is this is the type of scene that you would see in a like a twenty years later movie. You know, yeah. And I, I do think a lesser series wouldn't have been able to pull this off. So yeah. Well. And I think they did it really, really Like, it would have well. felt cheesy, but I don't think it feels cheesy here at all. I think it, they do sell it, and yeah. it works. And, like, we see her look at, she's, like, at one point she's standing in the driveway of the house where Tatum is killed and looks at the garage mm-hmm. door, sees the blood. There's even, like, the boat in the driveway. Yeah. Um, it's so self-referential that I think another series or another movie would collapse in on itself at this point, but... Yeah. It's, it's it a works, nice moment. It is just a really nice moment. And she goes and sits in her old bedroom with a Creed poster. <laughs> uh, and then she's attacked by Ghostface. She gets attacked by Ghostface. It's a, it's a narrow escape. She jumps out of a window and escapes him. And finally, Dewey and everybody shows up. Why Dewey is working on a movie, again, with these sorts of sets and this connection to his real life fucking baffles me and he even says to her you weren't supposed to go in there that's the murder scene for your mother that i know was really hard for you to deal with but i'm gonna i'm working on that movie you know well i mean that wouldn't be hard for him but it feels like the scene where his sister was murdered should be hard it's for just him. the whole situation anything dealing with that he needs to go back to fucking wordsboro so now we're at a confrontation with the studio head we learn much more about maureen prescott here and we figure out in so many words from him that she was basically raped uh and ran out of Hollywood, right? Practically, you know. Um, he says she didn't do anything that she didn't want to do, whatever. All of his dialogue here is very, you know, him admitting to rape without saying that he raped her. And I don't know. I I, I thought it was really interesting that a studio would allow that sort of narrative to be 
out well, there horror about movie, so. like yeah I, I know but like usually like studios protect themselves and that kind of I mean that's that's a that's already a stereotype of Hollywood anyway. So, but then we had the really good line of Parker Posey saying, "You're obsessed with her, and you're obsessed with her daughter." <laughs> and Gale says, "All right, Geraldo." <laughs> that might be my closing line. We'll see. Um, and then we jump to our Hollywood mansion party. This is our last act of the movie, and uh, basically, Ghostface has gathered everybody there. Um, and it's not Roman's it, house. Both you and I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was too. I guess it's the studio head. It's the house. guy that the older dude that yeah is the studio head. Mm-hmm. And basically, throughout this whole thing, characters are picked off one by one. We've got uh, Dion Richmond who gets thrown from a balcony. We've got uh, the chick who plays Sydney. I don't even remember what her name is. She gets stabbed. Um, Parker Posey, poor Parker Posey, gets chased throughout the, the uh, mansion. Parker she goes Posey's into a hallway. Death upsets me because she's such a good character and like she. Yeah. Again, is like so close to making it. Like if he had shot her window so first, close. she would have gotten it's, away. It's Deputy Doofus Dewey who's oozing from inexperience. Of course, he's not going to shoot the right window. But she's like in this hallway full of two-way mirrors and she gets stabbed and like doesn't make it. Again, though, kind of like Kirby, we don't really see her dead. No, we do. Like she's... I didn't see it. I didn't. Mm-mm. No, she's alive. So uh, then Sydney uh, gets a call in the police station. Yeah, bringing her to the mansion, basically saying, hey, I've got Gale and Dewey here tied up, you know. You want to see him again? Come on over. And I mean, they they really do a good job making Sydney like a tough final girl here, and I love that. Gale and Sydney have the most action in this one. Like, Gale usually kind of, she gets knocked out towards the end, usually. Yeah. But here she's got a lot more to do. She's really fighting. Um, she did all of the investigative work in this movie. All of it. <laughs> all of it. No, let's give some credit. The two gales did. The two. Right, yes. Um, <laughs> and then Sydney kicks some fucking ass in this one. So Sydney shows up for the final showdown. She's got a hidden gun. Um, she, it's a tiny little gun, but it's a gun. Um, she has two hidden guns. That way she's able to throw one yeah. in the pool when he makes her do a metal detector, and then she still has the yeah. other one. So fuck you, Roman. And so Yeah, so we end up with Sydney and... Ghostface, who is revealed now to be Roman the director. Who, is, as soon as he took his mask off, Zach said, he's so cute. He is cute. And you know what? He was in True Blood, and I thought he was really cute in True Blood. Too. Um, <laughs> was and, he in True Blood? Yeah, he was. He was at the end. He was um, He was Terry's friend from... Oh, I only Terry. watched the first two seasons. Oh, okay. Well, it's like season six again. Yeah, so they're in this. They're in the room, like a secret screening room that Maureen was raped in. That was the room that the studio heads raped Maureen right. in. And Roman reveals his grand plot, plan, whatever, however you want to call it, that Maureen was his mother. Maureen was the pro, or he was the product of the rape that right. uh, Maureen's rape. And she went back to Woodsboro, and she didn't claim him. He showed up looking for her, and she. Basically closed the door in his face. So he, like, went around recording her having all these affairs. Sydney's whore mother. Right, right. And showed it to Billy Loomis. And because Billy Loomis, she had an affair with Billy Loomis's dad, if you remember. And basically he convinced Billy and Stu to go off on their murder spree and kicked off the entire trilogy. So, if you're keeping track, and I am not, and Zach uh, is. <laughs> I'm like, mm, that I, You know, I don't mind all of this. It's I don't too mind much. it. It's, I think it's too yeah. much. But what else would we do, though? You know, it's it's something. It's something, at least. But then we get this final climactic fight between Sydney and Roman, and it is an all-out battle. It is 
so chaotic and so gritty and so violent. Like, they're beating the shit out of each other. And this is, like, one of the scenes where you really feel that Sydney could lose here, you know? It feels like that at times, because she's getting her ass beat, um, but she's also very, very cunning by now. She's got a bulletproof vest on, she's, you know, hiding, she's star 69ing his ass, so he can't really call her and find out her location, and... I love, well, um, I love that her attitude is basically, fucking get over it. Oh, like, yeah, no, they have this, he's, he's, he's bitching, he's like, you had the mother I never had, and right. she's like, I've heard this shit already, let's just get on with the fight. She's and just like, no one made yes. you murder anyone. Like. <laughs> and so they fought, and she stabs his ass three times, because stab three, and uh, holds his hand while he dies. Oh, and we forgot that Patrick Dempsey does come in, but he, he doesn't uh, do he anything. He fucking comes in, but he gets knocked up. out immediately. I don't know why he's in here. Um, and she, but I love the moment where Sydney holds her brother's hand as he's dying, because he's a shitty person. He's killed all these people. He's ruined her fucking life. But... Sydney is, and this doesn't apply to everybody, you know, I would not do it. Ian would not do it, but I said I would be like, don't touch me, don't hold my hand, don't even look at me. I just want you to die. Sydney, Ian would stab him in the forehead. Um, (laughs) Stab his hand. Ian would make me stab him in the forehead for it, but that's what you would do. I'm glad you are so comfortable that you already know that this is how our friendship works. I do the dirty work. I am the, uh, I'm the stew and you're the billy. Um, So... Yeah, Sydney's just a great character. She's such a damn likable character in this. And he jumps up at the end and, you know. And Dewey we actually gets to do something. He he gets to shoot him in the head because we got one, one headshot per movie, right? So this is the headshot per movie. And there's no second killer. Good I one. do like that because I think that at least makes it different. Cause it's they like, were hey, setting up had... Patrick Dempsey for a while to be the second killer. Yeah. And I'm glad they didn't go that route, you know? Yes. Because also, so. who cares? Yeah, who cares? And then, you know, the whole trilogy is supposed to be wrapped up in a nice little bow. We get an epilogue. Everybody's at Sydney's house for a movie night during the day. Wearing pastel, all wearing ugly pastel. Oh, yeah, because it's an epilogue. We got to know now. Uh, well, you know, it's not Gail in Versace, Versace suits anymore. She's uh, she's a nice little country girl now with some, some little barrettes. Um That's like putting Dewey. me in a cowboy hat at the end of my movie. <laughs> it, would, like. it would be like, like goth Ian. By the end of the movie, wearing uh, a nice, a nice little pink polo or something wow. like that. Some blue, some, bo- nice some boat shoes blazer. and uh, some chubby shorts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <kill me. laughs> I actually have all of that in my closet. <laughs> um, Gail and Dewey finally get engaged. It feels like they've been engaged this whole series, but they finally get engaged because you know he's going to drag her ass back to Woodsboro. Poor Gail, and. But I like Sydney. that. I do like it. It's not like forced. I feel like, okay. I know, but he can follow her around. He can go do something. Well, that's what, in my head, that's what he would do, is he would follow, he's like, all right. Bodyguard. Yeah, sure. Something I mean, like a that. very bad bodyguard, but sure. Or head of her security. I don't know. Something like that. He would follow her around, but as we see in the next movie, she ends up back in Woodsboro. And then Sydney, because we're, this is the, this is the wrap up of the trilogy. It's supposed to be the end. So Sydney decides she's going to leave all of her gates and doors open, right? <laughs> Which, like, um, still shut the door. <laughs> I know, like, do something. Like, set your alarm. There's still crazy people out there. And, you know, it's a new person every movie, so. Yes, exactly. It's not like, oh, there's only, like, it's been the same killer. It's like, yeah. there's a literal new person trying to murder you every movie. <laughs> and it's still happens. 
There's someone waiting. <laughs> it, it's a, it's not a, it, it is a nice moment, though. If they would have ended it here, it is a nice moment for her to kind of just take a breath. Yeah, sure, yeah. And be free. But no, it's not because everybody in her life tries to kill her. But it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, Zachary, what's your favorite outfit of the movie? Oh, are we doing favorite outfit? Ah, let's see. I don't know if I have a favorite outfit in this one. I didn't think the fashion was all that great. I'm not, I wasn't. I wasn't really a fan of it. I guess the ghost face outfit. Well, mine is Gail's yellow, <laughs> yellow like neon yellow suit. She first enters the movie in. What's your favorite scene? Favorite scene is definitely Sydney revisiting Woodsboro, the sets of Woodsboro. I think that is perfectly poetic. What about you? That might be my favorite scene too, actually. Oh really? Oh, we're agreeing on something, everybody. Every time I, I tell him something that I liked in this movie, he would look up and be like. I guess. <laughs> like, fantastic. Great. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're on the same page, Ian. Your imitations of me are such a, like, gay bitch. <laughs> I mean, I call I'm a very nice him. person, Zachary. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but, no, it's I enjoy this movie overall. I think it is a nice watch. It is something nice to revisit every couple of years. Yeah, it's just, I, it's I, nice. I think I, two and... I think two and three just needed to be a little shorter. It's both of them. I, I do think I understood why this one was a little longer, but yes, I agree. It should have been a little shorter and it's nice to just have them, you know, it's nice for them yeah. to just be here. Um, yeah. and you have your option, you know, you don't have to watch them. And we are going to end with our usual line from the movie. Pick something. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what it is. So I already, I already, I already delivered my Parker Posey line that I loved. Um, so I'm gonna say, uh, where is it? I wrote it down. Oh, it's your turn to scream, asshole! Ooh. When Sydney goes at uh, Roman. Perfect. And mine will be. You're obsessed with her mother, and you're obsessed with her. Uh, hold on, I wrote it down. Oh, I can tell goodness. You. Oh, you're obsessed Lord. with her and you're obsessed with her daughter. You're Let's actually redo her, that. And you're obsessed with her daughter. Are we redoing the whole thing? Okay. Because I don't like the way I did that. <laughs> okay. I keep forgetting that we want to do it dramatically. <laughs> okay. I'm putting this in there. It's your turn to scream, asshole. Ooh, a little bit of sass in there. You're obsessed with her and you're obsessed with her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. Go vote.